0: Welcome to Heart Space Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Anna. And I'm Candice. This is a podcast dedicated to all things heart-centered. In each episode, we will open our heart space to share embodied experiences, simple tips and thoughtful prompts for you to live a heart-centered life.
1: If you are curious about the wisdom of our hearts, if you are ready to embrace deep transformation,
0: this podcast is for you. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any episodes. From our hearts to yours, Anna and Candy's.
1: Welcome. Today we're inviting you for a conversation about heart-centered intentions. And before we dive deep into this topic, we would like to share with you um, that we have a gathering for folks in Singapore. It's happening on April 29th, and it will be an evening of being uh, fully immersed in body-led movement music, contemplation, activating sacred sounds, um, great food, drinks, and lots of fun. The theme of the gathering is highly inspired by the water element, and it is called Ocean of the Heart. And we would love for you to join us um, for this beautiful evening as we will travel in waves to explore the vastness and depth of our hearts. So, Candice, are we ready for today's episode?
0: Yes, we are. This episode is a way of setting the foundation right and beginning in a very auspicious manner of framing our minds and tending to our heart led decisions. So, over here, we are very curious to know from you. Um, Perhaps there could also be potential prompts for you to contemplate today while you're listening to this episode. And the contemplations are, when do you set intentions? How often do you set intentions and in what circumstances? Are intentions and resolutions the same thing to you? We will unpack all of that in this episode. What does it mean to have a heart-centered intention? When is the best time to set an intention and some tips for you to find simplicity and joy in the process of setting intentions? So, Anna, let's get started. So, what is an intention?
1: Intention is a determination to act in a certain way. For example, the intention of this podcast is to share the ways we can experience a heart-centered life. And what is heart-centered life? Um, for us, it's a life that is simple, that is joyful, and that is based on decisions that are led by the heart and not our minds. Um, but also in this conversation, we are not undermining the beauty of the mind. And this whole division of heart versus mind is obviously just a metaphor. And um, we just want to highlight that there is always both heart and mind involved in our life. Um, but quoting Eckhart Tolle over here, the mind is a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. Um, and that's why we want to show you um, the differentiation over here. When we talk about the mind, we often refer to ego. The mind thinks and it's fueling the ego. And the ego acts through the instrument of the human being, which further excites the mind. So it's like the mind is a processor and the ego is a software. Um, the ego can help us reconnect with the sense of self. In essence, the mind is kind of an accumulation of all the memories, experiences, um, and it's very often based on logic, education, and judgment, while at the same time, the product of the mind, the ego, tells us that we are separate, separate entity. From the grass, from the sky, from animals, from the elements.
0: So that's mind. On the other hand, the heart is the seat of the self. When we drop into the heart, we are feeling connected to everything around us. We feel from our innate consciousness. We are no longer hindered by the ego and we are connected to the source. So the way we see it is that a heart-centered life is not a life that is determined by external factors. Um, It is a bonus if we have a beautiful home, we have a safe space to express and to be true to ourselves. Um, all All of those things are great and we are absolutely grateful for. But the simplest joy should be one that comes from the source, our heart center. Or you could also call it our inner being. However you like to name it, they represent the same thing. So we would like to invite joy from within, from the heart center, from this very source and not from external happiness or validation that we believe that we can receive from other people, from our partners, from different jobs, or even from a new house. Yeah, so today
1: we want to dive into setting a heart-centered intention for our life. It's going to be like a compass that helps us make um, decisions along the way. And we believe that when we are clear about our intention, it should not change much. Um, What might change are our goals and plans that follow. Um, Those goals and plans are going to be fueled by our heart-centered intention. And as we established earlier, the definition of intention Again, it is a determination to act in a certain way. And this determination is led by faith, by courage, by trust, love. And it's not led by fear or our ego mind. Um, So in essence, intention with the two letters in I-N suggests that it is an inward process of self-inquiry, not feeding the attention of the mind.
0: Beautifully said. We would like to bring our attention now, not our intention, um, towards the difference between resolution and intention. They might feel like the same thing or you might immediately know the difference. Um, We're going to share here anyway what is the definition of resolution and why it is definitely not intention. So by now, we already know what are intentions. Resolutions, on the other hand, are referred to clearly defined, measurable, and specific promise to do something. The results are often either this or that, good or bad. It is very quantitative. And resolutions are also commonly planned at the beginning of the calendar year and reviewed at the end of the year. Some studies have found that only about 8% of resolutions stick. And I can safely say that I am part of the 92% who have never done or completed my resolution. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the reason why we don't stick to our resolutions is due to the fact that there is lack of clear goals and there is no structure of a plan. And it lacks the connection to our heart. It's the most important thing. Um, There is often a very quiet form of judgment towards ourselves when we don't fulfill our resolution. And we would start feeding our mind with so many thoughts that I am a failure, it is an unproductive year, I am doomed, nothing I've done ever in my life is right, <laughs> you know, such information that are really not helpful to our um, being. And yeah. soon it just goes down this spiral of constant self-inflicted um, pain and negative thoughts.
1: Yeah, so true. So to sum up, resolutions are often egocentric right? And they fulfill a false identity of the self. It's not the true self, but it's the roles and responsibilities uh, that we play in this world. It could be an identity of the self that comes from a place of luck. Um, that's very often the case. Uh, and a common example of a resolution is, for example, I will find a life partner, or I will become an expert or leader in my field. So then... Let's dive into that. Let's dive into one of these resolutions. When we do that, we see that they arise from the unhealed parts of ourselves. So, these ego centered resolutions are often about proving something, needing to achieve something in order to feel worthy. Worthy of love, I will find a life partner, or wor- worthy of recognition, I will become an expert or leader in my field. So, reaching this goal or resolution comes very often, from an empty place. And the satisfaction is, unfortunately, usually fleeting and temporary. So the hungry self is very rarely fulfilled long term. This hungry self is going to look for the next resolution. is going to constantly keep striving for more and more. Um, and I feel that it's mainly because, well, resolutions come from the mind, From comparison, from constantly to improve, to be better, to be worthy. And most importantly, resolutions do not help answer the reason
0: why. Exactly. Resolutions don't answer the reason why, whereas intentions are exactly the why. Um, When we know our intentions, we would know the purpose of why we want to set um, a commitment to this process. So rather than just arriving, intention is to be. And intentions have this very soft, qualitative, and compassionate quality to it. Intentions embody a quality that is felt in the body before they are known in the mind. Intentions also allow us to soften into the self and to find out that within us there is so much um, potential that we are whole and we don't have this idea of the hungry self that resolutions build within us. So as we explore the intentions of our heart, the mind softens and we tune in to what is most true for us and placing the heart over the mind. To conclude, the difference between intention and resolutions are intentions are heart-led, heart-centered, whereas resolutions are often from a more egocentric place of achieving specific results. Intentions are more qualitative. It helps to improve your, the quality of your life, whereas resolutions are more quantitative. Whether it helps to improve the quantity of your life, I don't know about that, but <laughs> definitely not the quality of your life for a longer haul.
1: Yeah, <laughs> That's a good example.
0: So um, what we wanted
1: to share with you today, um, after this whole conversation about intentions, resolutions, we wanted to share with you the yogi's way of setting intentions. And that's a very beautiful um, approach. Um, So yogis have a beautiful way of framing our minds to manifest our intention. And the Sanskrit word for intention is called sankalpa. And it is basically that. It is basically a heartfelt desire or a solemn vow um, or a resolve to do something. Um, and let's break it down. So kalpa means a vow or the rule to be followed above all the other rules. And san refers to a connection with the higher truth. So in the yoga tradition, a sankalpa practice starts with the radical premise that you are already who you need to be in order to fulfill your life's dharma. And now introducing a new word. So dharma, for those who are familiar, it means to uphold or to maintain. Dharma is a form of cosmic law. It's a concept of social order or duty that sustains the whole universe. It's like the purpose, your life purpose, or the guide that determines every aspect of your daily life. Um, And now... To put it simply, sankalpa can be called the heartfelt desire, um, a statement that reflects your true nature, that reflects this purpose, this dharma, um, and this type of sankalpa uh, in your tradition is far more all-encompassing than a resolution. Um, it's uh, basically a very simple statement that informs all of our goals, all of our resolutions, plans, all of our choices.
0: Um, And this statement usually begins with I am. Yes, for example, it can be I am already whole and I am already healed, or it can be I am peace itself. Or maybe if you can't really wrap around this concept of I am peace, I am whole, It could also be something simpler and more forgiving, such as I am able to be peaceful. And we just stop at there and just allow this sankalpa to slowly unfold into something more. So this is the top-down approach where we believe that we are already something and then distilling it down to what are the actions to be taken if we are already whole and believing that this universe is supporting us throughout this um, process. The second form of Sankalpa, it's a bottom-up approach where we are looking at a specific goal in mind and using this goal to slowly then reach this um, the top stage of what is our final Sankalpa. So in this instance, um, it requires a bit more effort and commitment and milestones to reach this final purpose. And in this case, we are setting more specific intentions to help align our moment-to-moment choices with our heartfelt desire. A specific sankalpa will describe what you need to do and where you need to direct your energy to make progress on your larger life goals.
1: Yeah, so um, let's break it down over here. And we are going to use this um, bottom-up approach because we believe that it's a little bit simpler just going from these things that are already present in our lives and trying, trying to dive deeper into what stands behind them. So um, how to find your heart-centered intention or your sankalpa. So you can pick any of your common goals or resolutions and through that we'll begin the journey of self-inquiry on the deeper yearning that stands behind reaching this particular goal. So for example, a very common statement or goal we often hear is, I want to get fit. Or I want to lose weight, right? So the first step would be to imagine how life will be if you get fit or lose weight. How would it make you feel as a result of losing weight and getting in shape? Is it a sense of self-love, physical well-being, or freedom? Whatever it is for you, absolutely no judgment, just being honest with yourself. What is the feeling here that you're striving for? What is the longing in the heart that is pointing you in this particular direction. Maybe you will need to sit on that for a moment, allow a moment of silence, just to dive a little bit deeper. So um, usually when we start with, I want to lose weight, we feel this deeper desire. And an example of that may be, I want to take care of my body. And that's basically the essence of why I want to lose weight. Uh, and even further down the road, the sankalpa might become, the essence might become, I love my body, or I am love itself. So it's an uh, it's an evolution, definitely. So it will not come up um, just like that. Let it evolve. Let yourself dive a little bit deeper into it. Uh, it's a constant process of listening to the self. Uh, and if our sankalpa is I am love itself, then simply... All my decisions will be fueled by this intention. On this example, if I am love, then I resonate with love. I love life. I love myself. And if I love myself, then I will take care of myself. I will make better choices for for myself. I will exercise. I will eat right, whatever it means for you. All of that is a result of the initial sankalpa that you stated. So then every decision that you make after knowing your sankalpa can either strengthen your intent or it can weaken it. It's then just your own responsibility to act from the place of love, if that's your intention. So we mentioned sankalpa starts with the premise that you are already who you need to be. You are already whole. Your heartfelt desire is already present and it's kind of waiting to be seen and heard. And it's not something you need to make up. And the mind doesn't have to go wildly searching for it. Just allow it to unfold naturally as you um, dive um, and journey through self inquiry.
0: Exactly. And through understanding what it is for you, you can start making more informed decisions. And it will start to get easier to follow up on some of your goals. And when they are aligned with the highest intention, those goals would feel quite. Easily attainable; it doesn't feel as daunting as before, and we can keep this intention at the back of our head all all the time, and constantly allowing the goal and plans to be refined. So here we are sharing that the sankalpa will allow us to constantly be flexible with our goals and plans, and not just allow this fixated idea of goals and plans to be fully accomplished. And if we don't accomplish it, we are a failure. So through this intentional living, heart-led living, guided by our sankalpa, the confusion about who am I, what do I want, all of this will gradually dissolve. At the same time, by choosing to follow our heart-centered intention, we let go of anything that does not align with us anymore. Sometimes it could also be friends that uh, we were once very close with and suddenly we feel like it's okay to end a relationship in a healthy Mm -hmm. way we do not let go with animosity we do not let go feeling full of guilt with anger all of that will not matter anymore we will just Mm -hmm. let go because our main intention is i am love and when we let go we clear up space and energy within ourselves so that we can fully serve our true purpose our intention so i think that's the very beautiful way of the brilliant yogis telling us how we should lead life through Sankalpa. So with all of this in mind, I'm sure we're thinking, then how should we begin? Let's do it now, you know? (laughs) Or perhaps you might think that it's too late to set our intention of Sankalpa as it is already a quarter of the year gone. Again, the beauty of Sankalpa here is that there is no best time to do so and it certainly doesn't have to be done in the new year. It can be done anytime, really anytime. And whenever you are ready, sit down in a quiet place, a comfortable, safe space for you to ground yourself and connect with your breath and perhaps start to inquire with this prompt of who am I? If that is a loaded question, if that really gives you no clue of where you should start with this inquiry, um, perhaps you can also contemplate on what can I offer myself or let go to show up fully for life. With that inquiry, we can slowly peel the layers off and undo our mental conditioning of what society expects of us and listen to more of what our heart wants to say.
1: Yeah. And as you mentioned, um, there is no right time to set an intention. Um, it's basically when you feel ready to commit to transformation. And um In Ayurveda, we often look at the natural cycles of nature or seasons for inspiration. So this is something that you may use if it resonates with you. For example, in the season of spring, we look forward to rebirth or renewal. And the intention could be I'm abundance. While in winter, we look forward to a, a kind of cocooning phase and returning back to the self. And perhaps the intention would be I'm resting to honor my body um allowing the seasons and the cycles of nature to kind of kind of guide you through this whole journey of living intentional life, um, heart-centered life, it's a great, it's a great way. It's a great tool. It can be very helpful. And another um, cycle that might be helpful is the cycle of the moon. It also offers um, guidance um, that can work magic. Uh, So every new moon is a representation of a new beginning. Um, so then just before the new moon you can check in with your intention and ask yourself how it played out during the cycle uh, and then using every uh, new moon as an opportunity to check in with yourself kind of reconnect with your intention again and again Uh, similar to the concept of kind of bathing every day so we can consider these check-ins as a form of mental hygiene um, and to ensure we are in our zone of alignment with our heart-centered intentions. So all of these are just helpful tools, things that you can consider, but you don't need to use cycles if that doesn't resonate with you. There is no right time to set your intention to sum up. Uh, so the present moment is always a good time and you don't have to wait You know, for the stars to align. So maybe the right moment for you is again now, um, I revisited my intention, my sankalpa, uh, yesterday preparing for this recording. And every time I spend some time on it, it just feels even more aligned and true and authentic. So that's just our invitation for you
0: to try it out. Yes, uh, we shared with you a simple process of reconnecting with your sankalpa or connecting with your sankalpa for the first time. And we just want to highlight that it is a process of Self inquiry. So be with yourself, be patient, be gentle. And if sitting in quiet is a very daunting exercise for you to do, you may also wish to consider journaling or doing some free writing in your diary or a piece of blank paper with no judgments for yourself and just allowing the words to flow freely. Because in any case, nobody else is going to see this paper at any point in time. <laughs> so you can just be free and just be with yourself. Draw and write as much as you want. Even if there is rage coming out, just express it fully. And slowly when the rage um, dissipates, when it dissolves, I think then the beauty of the sankalpa would then slowly unfold. And perhaps after the exercise or just after sitting in meditation, whichever way that you choose to um, be with yourself to find out your sankalpa, When you have your Sankalpa, it can be really nice to just write the sentence and place it on your author if you have one, or design a wallpaper on your phone somewhere that you can see it very often to always remind yourself of what your true nature is. That is a good way to be committed and to be consistent in your practice of staying in this path of alignment with your true nature. Yeah, Um,
1: beautifully said. And that's very crucial, just staying true to what you um, to what you stated for yourself, just staying committed. And I believe we are slowly arriving to the end of this episode, um, which feels very fast. Okay. It's been a great uh, conversation. And we wanted to share with you a few final thoughts or tips when working with your intention at this point. So first of all, um self-compassion so uh, we just want to invite you to celebrate any small wins every small progress you make just soften into the self into your heart space if your sankalpa is still unfolding let it be be patient and gentle to yourself um, judge yourself less and love yourself more <laughs> that might be um, the prompt <laughs> and second tip stay committed, but be flexible to changes. Um, and through that, you can reduce the rigidity of your mind. Remember, intention means a determination to act in a certain way. And if we are determined and if it is, you know, our true desire to achieve this Sankalpa um, or to live in alignment with this Sankalpa, the commitment will come naturally. Sometimes we slide back into old habits to the pressure of time, relationships with others, anything. Um, And sometimes uh, we are listening to the things our mind tends to say to us. Um, In that case, don't forget tip one, um, just self-compassion. And be patient and gentle with yourself. When we start to work this new muscle commitment to our intention with practice and patience, We will eventually witness transformation. So, we must also be flexible to changes to reduce the rigidity of our mind.
0: Yes, I think it is something that is uh, very important. And we have mentioned it a few times that the difference between resolutions and intention is that intention is very compassionate, it is a soft essence to it. So, being flexible to allow yourself to change plans, make mistakes and embrace the mistakes, those are allowed when you set an intention, when you set a sankalpa. And the final one is having faith and just surrender. Faith and surrender comes hand in hand. When you have faith, you will surrender. Um, Faith asks that we find a love that is bigger than us. And surrender asks that we do our duty, but do not stay concerned with the results, do not be attached to the results. And in Ayurveda and yoga, this believe that nature is always working for us and never against us. So if everything in this universe is working for us, the sun, the moon, mountains, valleys, the seasons, the food that is produced for us to eat, um, our body, our blood, our cells, our mind, our intellect, even interactions with other beings, every single thing is working for us. Then what do we have to fear? There is nothing to fear because life is abundant. So fear is the absence of faith. And with faith, we stop fearing and neither do we need to make decisions out of fear or lack. I have a teacher of mine who is also Anna's teacher, and we both respect him uh, deeply for his generosity in sharing and for his patience in guiding um, all of us back to our true nature. Uh, his name is Prasad Ranika, and he once shared this motto with me that is to choose faith above fear. Having your life um, set so clearly that every time you have a decision, you are in a crossroad. Choose faith and allow the fear to be pushed aside and allow faith to settle in. And with that faith, make a decision that is based in love. And with complete faith, surrendering just comes really easily. So we said that we have three tips, but we have just, we are being very generous now that I would like <laughs> to share this final, final tip or a beautiful way to just wrap up this episode in a very heart-centered, heart-warming way um, that is again to share something that Prasad shared with the entire world on YouTube and we will also put the link of this video in our description as well as on our website. So I'm just going to paraphrase here. This is what he shared about being in the heart. The heart is a place of complete clarity and mind is a place of variety. The job of the mind is to give you choices, variety of choices. Your job is to find clarity in those choices. If you don't find clarity, that's when confusion happens. And coming into clarity, certainty, and wanting a meaningful and purposeful life, we will start to find those few little things that can ground us in that intention. And that is the essence of coming home to your heart. If a person can find clarity and grounding in certainty of the heart where everything is based out of love, mutual respect and compassion and not out of separation that the mind creates, then the seeker will be firmly rooted like a deeply rooted banyan tree. Hmm. I added the banyan tree, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just trying to create a visual Um, For you to look into wherever you may be right now and if you have a tree right beside you, how deeply rooted this tree is, the roots go beyond the soil, beyond anything that we can see within our naked eyes. That is the unshaken clarity that is built from the certainty of the heart. And why do we tend to set our intentions that is heart-centered? That is to have absolute clarity of our own path. And to walk this path with so much clarity that would bring us confidence. And then to also claim on this intention with clarity and confidence so that we take full responsibility for our own personal transformation. Yeah, beautifully said. Um,
1: So this episode uh, is an invitation to shift your perspective and begin dwelling into the space of heart-centered intentions. And if you already are doing so, keep going. Um, continue to build intentions that come from a sense of wholeness and allow this intention to drive your actions and not the other way around. Wow, that has been a great um, journey and, and conversation. Um, yes. Again, thank you all for joining us on this episode, for tuning in. Uh, we definitely had a great time sharing from our hearts. Mm -hmm. And we hope uh, it reached yours, too. So some other ways to stay in touch with us. First of all, make sure to join us for the upcoming gathering in Singapore. It's happening on April 29th, very soon, uh, the Ocean of the Heart. It will be an evening of being fully immersed in bodily movement, music, contemplation, um, activating sacred sounds some great foods and drinks and lots of fun Um, tickets are available on our our website and we also uh, add uh, the link in the description of this episode
0: and if I might just add what is activating sacred sounds if you're curious we're not going to tell you now (laughs) you got to come for it (laughs) cruel (laughs) definitely
1: come and check it out And second thing that I would like to share with you here is that we are also hosting monthly virtual full moon gatherings. Um, And the next full moon circle or gathering will be in June. So stay tuned. Uh, Make sure to join our newsletter and follow us on Instagram or Facebook. This is where we will share um, once the uh, full moon uh, gathering is up on our website. And finally, make sure to share this episode Um, this podcast with someone who might be interested and let us know your thoughts and feedback we would love to hear
0: from our hearts to yours thank you for listening